May God add his blessing to the reading of the scriptures this morning. May the words in my mouth be just the right words for each of us today. In Australia, the most popular sport is Australian football, which to us is rugby. And there's one team, the Sydney Swans. For many, many years, the Sydney Swans were a horrible team. They had the worst record of any team in the league. They had the worst game attendance of any team in the league. And this went on for quite some time. And most of their home game seats would be vacant at every game. Then they got a new coach. And they got a few new players. And they began to build up some steam and they started winning. As they started to win, people began to show up for the games. And before too long, they became a powerhouse in the league. The stands began to fill up. Now, I'm told it's almost impossible to get a ticket to a Swans game. Well, one Sunday afternoon, there was a game going on, the stadium was packed, and as the TV cameras zoomed in on various fans in the stands, one camera moved in on one gentleman who had a big sign in front of him. And he was waving it and grinning proudly, he held it up for all the world to see. And his sign said this, I was here when nobody else was. The old story of fair weather fans who are with the team when they're winning and not with them when they're losing. But here was this one guy who wanted the whole world to know that even when things were bad, he was there when nobody else was. Well, our story this morning in the scriptures our story of Fairweather fans, I'd say, as he began to share some of the tough stuff, Jesus noticed some Fairweather fans. As I said to the kids just a short time ago, they, they just thought that it was too difficult, the things that he was saying, and they weren't going to follow him anymore, and so they left him. Just a short time ago, they had wanted to crown him the king. They wanted his kingdom now. They weren't in it for the long haul. They saw it differently than Jesus did. And so that as they realized that they weren't going to get what they wanted, he wasn't going to give them what they wanted. They drifted away. Even some of his closest followers were losing their interest. John writes, from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And then Jesus said to the 12 disciples, you guys want to leave too? Seems an awful lot of people are. And Simon Peter answered him. And he said, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We know, we've come to believe that you are the Holy One of God. Good old Simon Peter. Impetuous excitable, many times speaking before he thought. But he was in it for the long haul, not just when things were going his way. Peter sometimes got discouraged. After the crucifixion, he was ready to go back to fishing. And who could blame him? He felt terribly let down by Jesus. He had invested all of his dreams in this man. He'd followed him for a few years. And now he was in a tomb. But still, he was committed 
to Jesus. He sometimes showed weakness. We read about that in the scriptures, and you all know where Peter failed. Everybody fails. But he was in there, and he returned, and he was in it for the long haul. We see young people right here in this church who are confirmed, and they disappear. It's like we graduated them out of church. We watch people bring their children to Sunday school and church, but then once the kids grow up, everybody sort of drifts away. We see people who spend 20, 30 years, maybe a lifetime, attending this church, get into a disagreement with another member, and poof. They get into a disagreement with the pastor, boom, they're gone. Well, let me say this, what a treasure, what a blessing, what an encouragement you are to this pastor and to others in the church if you're in it for the long haul. You have a special kind of faith, a faith that I believe God rewards and will reward because life is a marathon. Many obstacles, and just because we're Christians doesn't mean that the road will always be smooth. We will have disagreements but we can work them out. We will have all the things that everyone else in life has. We will get cancer. We will have heart attacks. We will have strokes. We will have diabetes. All of those things just like anybody else. We, watch, we will watch family members suffer, sometimes die. We will lose our jobs. We will grieve the loss of people we love dearly. But during those times, we need faith. We need faith for the long haul. You may know the story of comedian actor Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was the youngest of four children. His father was an accountant and his mother was a stay-at-home mom. Jim was always interested in comedy from the time he was a small child. He liked to make people laugh. He would perform in front of his class occasionally when the teacher would allow him to. And at the age of 14, Jim went to a local comedy club and tried his hand at stand-up comedy and was booed off the stage. Well, but then some things began to happen in his life that changed him. His father lost his accounting job. They lost their home. His dad, the only work he could find was as a security guard in a factory. And as part of his payment, the family was able to live in a house which adjoined the factory property. And the kids and mom cleaned the factory at night when it was closed. Then his mother got sick and she was bedridden and terminal. Jim would stay home from school with her, and he would take care of her. And now he had an audience, an audience of one, his mom. And so he would practice, and he would entertain her. And then his father lost this job, too. And the family lost their home again. For a little while, they lived in their VW bus. And at the age of 17, 
he decided to go try it again. And he went back to that same comedy club and he tried stand-up comedy one more time and they loved him. This time things went well, he moved to Los Angeles and you know the rest of the story. Well, when he first arrived in Los Angeles, this is something that a lot of people don't know about Jim Carrey. When he first got there, he wrote himself a check. He had nothing. But he wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he dated it for 10 years later, 1995, Thanksgiving of 1995. And he told his dad that by 1995, he was determined that he was gonna be able to cash that check. He kept it in his wallet all those years, and true to his dream, at his father's funeral in 1994, he placed the check into his dad's casket. He had earned more than $10 million. We love to hear success stories like that because they remind us that it's possible to take a bad situation and to turn it around and make something good out of it. Others have done it, so can we. But we sometimes forget that like that was a 10-year marathon, well, really more than that because he was, he was trying to be a comedian even before that. We forget that life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And there are times when we need to just hang in there when the going gets rough. And what's most important in life is not how we begin the race, but how we finish. Many people are good starters. I'm a good starter. I am not a good finisher. I'll get a project going and then you can ask my wife. I'll start a project at home and uh, I'm one of those, oh look, a shiny butterfly flying by. And I'll go run off to another project, so I'll have three and four and five things going at the same time. And eventually I get some of them, most of them done, but not all of them. I'm a good starter, I'm not a good finisher. And it's something that I've been working on all my life. You know, we, lots of us have talent, we have enthusiasm, we start off with this new project, it's gonna be great, it's gonna go like crazy. But then as time goes on, that good beginning sort of fades away and all the excitement's gone and it sort of fizzles out. And I think that's true about our commitment in relationships too, our commitment to God. I think that happens sometimes if we allow it to. Our commitment to our partner, our commitment to our jobs, and in many other relationships in life, friendships and so forth question is, how are we at finishing? And can we get better at finishing? There was a man several years ago who was stranded on a life raft in the ocean. It's a true story. For 55 hours, Robert Lewis Watson hung on to the life raft. 55 hours. But then finally, after 55 hours, he could hold on no more, so he let go, fell into the ocean, and drowned while his partner, Greg Palmer, kept on hanging on. And one hour after Robert had drowned, the raft was spotted by the Coast Guard, 
and Greg was rescued. He had held on a little bit longer. He was saved because he was able to hang in there. Watson gave up too soon. Didn't have strength, the strength to make it. I think this happens a lot. We give up too soon. We give up before the results are in. One man tells a story about the power of endurance. He says that when they were young, he taught his kids to enjoy running. And then when they got older, they taught him not to enjoy running. His daughter convinced him to run a 10,000 meter race. He asked himself, why did I agree to do this? So he trained and when they got to the starting line, he asked himself that question again. There were 24,998 other runners in this marathon. They were in Milwaukee, and being in Milwaukee, there were some runners who were dressed as beer bottles, and some were dressed as, one was dressed as a bunch of grapes, another one was dressed as a banana. And the banana was walking around and shaking hands with everybody and having a good old time. And then the race started, and it got interesting. After about a quarter mile, he saw the banana, the banana in one of the beer bottles hanging over a fence, hardly able to breathe, not looking very good at all. After about a mile, there was no more laughing, no more chattering. Second mile, the only thing could be heard was, for the most part, was heavy breathing. And then after the fourth, it was quiet. At 6.2 miles, People were coming by one at a time, slower, and not too many of them were running anymore. They were walking. You get all kinds of people at the start, but that doesn't count. It's who finishes and who finishes strong. And the disciples kept on going. When the enthusiasm fades, when the passion cools, when the numbers drop off, can we hang on? Can we finish strong? Finishing is what faith is all about. A year and a half ago, I felt like the race stopped. And I didn't know what to do to get it moving again. All I could do and all any of us could do was to exercise our faith and believe God for what God says. And here we are, a year and a half later, gathering together again in person. Finishing is what faith is all about. We're not finished, not by a long shot, but we're once again running. We were running, but it was slow. I said I'm grateful to those of you who are in it for the long haul, and I am. Some of you have been members of this church or attendees of this church most or all of your lives. You've seen pastors come and pastors go, and I'll go and there will be another after me. You've watched the church grow with all the excitement that goes with that. And sadly, you've also 
watched it decline. You've watched the numbers decrease through good times and bad. You've been here. Some of you have had your own personal stumbles. You've gone through horrible times. Times of grief, times of disappointment. Maybe along the way you've made some mistakes. There might have been times when you doubted that God could possibly forgive you for what you've done and accept you after you'd let God down. But still you hung in there. There might even be some of you now who are tired of the way you're living and you're beginning to realize that you want to draw closer to God. That's why you're hanging in there now. You're hoping for a fresh experience of God's grace. That's what I'm hoping for for this church. I believe that if you endure long enough and just continue to run that race, it'll happen. Faith is hanging in there when the day looks dark. And the options are limited. And boy, were they limited this past year. Because you know that God is still at work and always will be. So you decide that by the grace of God, you're in it for the long haul. And this church is in it for the long haul. And so we put ourselves in God's hands and we say, like Peter said, where else would we go? Who else has the words of eternal life? We do believe that you are the Holy One, come from God. And so we're staying right here. And we're just going to keep this race going right on. That's what faith is all about. Life is a marathon. It's not how we start, it's how we finish. Faith has to do with running a great race, but it also has to do with an even greater finish. The writer of the book of Revelation put God's promise to us about finishing the race like this. Be faithful and I will give you life as your victor's crown. I'm going to say that one more time in closing. Be faithful and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Faith for the long haul. The kind of faith that changes lives. Thank you for being in it for the long haul. Amen.